0: I want you to imagine the following. I want you to imagine a man in his, I would say, early to late, no, mid to late 50s. Grey hair, receding, incredibly unremarkable looking. He's not ugly, but hideously unremarkable. You wouldn't give him a second glance in the street. He kind of looks like a history teacher but not a cool one like the old end of teaching this guy's ready for retirement and he's not that far from death to be honest but no you know he doesn't he, does, he doesn't look decrepit but he very much looks like an everyday run of the mill grey receding mid to late 50 year old he kind of looks like your dad actually maybe even like an old uncle. I don't think he's old enough to be granddad, but he might be. But I want you to get that image in your head. Now, if I was to tell you that that guy that you and I are now thinking about is a renowned UK porn actor, he has his own brand, and on a regular basis, for entertainment and cash, he is having sex with remarkably beautiful, women in their early 20s, mid-20s, whatever. Just the kind of woman that would turn your head if you walked down the street. You'd almost certainly try and chat her up. You'd almost certainly try your luck. You'd almost certainly fantasize some sexual encounter with her. So the question is this. What would that man have had to have done in life to be in this position of these sexual encounters, liaisons with remarkable-looking women in their 20s when he himself looks remarkably unremarkable. What do you think he would have had to have done or accomplished or be to be in that highly sought-after position? Think about that for a second. So I'm really curious to know how or at least what you think he would have had to have done to get into that position. Now, I was completely unaware of this guy until he came into my life, not literally, but this week I just learned about him and my immediate thought was, how? I don't get it, how? But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it was actually a remarkably simple answer and I don't think it's an answer beyond anybody that would like to do that as as, as their life. And I, I, when I realised this, this week, it, w- it was quite a thing. And I'm going to share that with you now. Well, I'm not going to share it with you now, actually, because my speaker's just gone off and I don't want it to go off because I need it to be on. So I'm going to share with you who this guy is at some point um, today. <laughs> Sorry, my spe- I've got some new speakers and that really threw me. There you go. I'm going to let the speakers off for interrupting me because I love them deeply. So also... Today, you and I are going to discuss what happened. Remember last week when I reached out to the Metro and they reached back saying, CK, I would love to do a feature with you, but I had to decline for reasons I explained in last week's episode, and I gave them a counter, I gave them a counter feature. I'd like to do with them, so I'm going to share with you what's happened with that. Also, this week, I've had a dramatic rethink on my relationship with fame, and I'm going to share that with you as well, but first, I mentioned last week how, (laughs) do you remember last week how I said I was madly concerned that I might have a drink problem? Because I really enjoyed doing this podcast and chatting to you now with a drink in tow. And not long after that episode, as you guys know, listen, this podcast has been it's hugely influenced by key US comedians that I love listening to their own podcasts. Chiefly, Kate Quigley, Nikki Glaser, most recently, and Bill Burr. And I was listening to Bill's podcast this week and he he did his first ever UK ad actually. And it was for a brand called beer 52. And he just opened the ad by saying, okay, got a special thing for you UK listeners. And long story short, beer 52 is a subscription beer delivery brand. And every month for a subscription of, I think it's uh, 28, 16, I think it's 24 quid every month. They send you a case of eight beers. However, Bill was giving an offer to all UK listeners where if you visited the website and used his special code, you could get a free case. I, if I wish to indulge, just had to pay for shipping, which was £5.95. I was all over that. £5.95 for a case of eight beers that are new to me. Beers I've never tried before. That's how Beer 52 position themselves. Every month they'll send you eight beers that you've almost certainly never tried before. I'm not a huge beer drinker, but I was curious just to see what they'd send. So... I went on to the website, which you can do also. So get a pen and write down the following to get your eight beers for 5 dollars This is not an ad, by the way. I'm literally just piggybacking on the back of Bill's ad. But this offer is still available to anybody, including you. So type the following into Google, beer52.com forward slash bill and it's a really it's a it's a beautiful well, it's a really cute website actually. And you'll see a big green button there that says get your case now. Click on that, and then you get to choose whether you want mixed beers, a selection of light and dark beers, or light beers, a selection of light beers. And it's eight of each. As you know, from last week, I mentioned I enjoy. A porter. I enjoy dark beer. So I clicked on the mixed beer option and long story short, punched in my details, five pounds, 95 debited from my card to cover shipping. And three days later arrived my box, which I have here. It's a big cardboard box and you get a free snack and you get a free copy of ferment magazine. And you get, well, I got two bottles and six cans. And there's a mixture in here of IPAs, Pilsners. I was sexually aroused when I saw there was one porter. There was one porter in here. And it's called Daybreak Coffee Porter. And this is the one I was most excited on. I think, you know what? I'm going to drink that with you guys during this episode. That was my first thought. I'm going to drink this during the episode. And I'm gonna give it a rating. But then I thought, that's just classic you, isn't it, CK? Always going for the safe option. Oh, I like porters, oh, I like porters, I'm gonna have a porter, and I'm gonna rank in my porter with the listeners. Oh, oh, oh. I'm safe, I'm steady, Eddie. Oh god, I'm the most I'm the least attractive man to women, you know. It's a shame, CK, because women like men who are gam- women like men to live on the edge. They like them to try new things, but look at you sticking to your porter, you little You little dickhead. Yes, and I agreed with that voice. And I thought, do you know what? Actually, there's some stuff in here which I'm not... I can't imagine I'm going to like. So why don't you just try those first? That would be more interesting. Stop being such a safe... Stop being such a steady Eddie. So the two two inclusions in this box, which I looked at and turned my nose up and thought, I can't imagine I'm going to like that. I'm going to try one of them. I've whittled it down to two options. There's one thing in here called volen hoven and co and it's a stout it's an extra stout now i don't really know what a stout is as far as i'm aware i've tried to start once in my life many many years ago and i don't remember liking it i think aren't stouts like flat i don't like flat alcohol i prefer a fizz and there's also one in here called tea party which is a cream ale with green tea this is in a can it's in a green can. So it's, it's a nice can. It's really smooth. Green, yellow, orange, as you will see when you get onto to beer52.com forward slash bill and order yours. This can's quite geometric designs. It looks like it could be on a wall. But at the end of the day, I have no idea what A, cream ale is or B, cream ale with green tea. So I'm either going to try that with you now or I'm going to try the stout. I suspect the stout is going to be the one I'll hate the most. So for that reason, I'm going to try that. And if I hate it deeply, then I'll crack open the stout. So guys, listen, I can't stress enough. This is not an ad. If you decide to go on to Beer52 forward slash bill, I earn zero money. I'm just doing this because who doesn't want free beer? And if you decide that you do do it, then we can kind of do taste tests together. Because if I only open one now, this week, next week I'll open another. And you can open the same one. So... As I said, I'm not convinced I like stouts, so I'm going to try this stout with you first. What even is a stout? Stouts are like Guinness, right? And I'm not keen, so let's crack this bad boy open. Oh, it actually smells like a porter. So this actually smells really nice, friends, actually. They appears to be a fizz. Ooh, I might have judged too soon because this actually looks like it might. This has all the hallmarks of a porter. If I end up liking this, there's going to be an incredibly profound life lesson to be gleaned from this because I shit you not, this is the one that before I realised that I'm a coward, I was going to drink last, but actually having opened it, It smells caramelly as well. I suspect I'm like this. Okay, I'm going in. Holy fuck. Oh my God. Sorry. Sorry. This is unlike any stout I've ever had. Shit. This is so... This is so nice. I thought stouts were usually flat. This is, you know, last week, right? Episode 32, when I gave you the analogy that I'm not a huge drinker. For as long as I can remember, whenever I'm out with my friends, I always stop drinking first. So I'm not that bothered. I get bored after two pints. I, my memory of Stouts was warm, flat and grandad. That's all I remember Stouts being, but this is complete opposite. This has got fizz. This has got punch. It's just like a porter, which. Oh my God. Okay. Okay, this is an eight point. This is an eight point five. I think this is my highest rating I've given. I've only done like two two booze episodes so far, and this is the first time that I've tried something I've never had via a random beer subscription website. But wow! I as I as I, so as I predicted. There's a huge learning point here. Like I need to stop. I need to stop being so judgmental and just how do you, where do you sit on the experimental scale like did you relate to what I said about? I looked through this, I saw two beers which I can't imagine I'm gonna like, I'm gonna have them last, but then I just not no, no, you don't have to be that guy c k can be the other guy, so I'm genuinely stunned by that, genuinely stunned, so that is that then. I don't know if my experience of the tea party is going to be a good one, but how about you and I make a deal, right? If you decide that eight beers that you've never had for £5.95 is an experiment you'd be open to explore, then why don't you get onto beer52.com forward slash bill, order the mixed beers option, and then next week together we can go through this one called Tea Party, which is cream, ale and green tea. I, I originally thought this green tea one would taste like garbage, but given my surprise at this stout, I no longer have any interest in speculation, to be honest. That was remarkable. So, how are you, by <laughs> the How hot has your week been? I'm really proud of me this week because it is now Thursday, the 3rd of September. This episode will be coming out tomorrow, as always, Friday morning, the 4th of September. But unlike usual, it is now only, by the way, it is only... What time is it? 20 past 6 in the evening. It's actually light outside, which is... I've not... I've not recorded an episode this early in God knows how long, but I think this is the evolution of CK. I might call this week the evolution of CK because I've been really mindful of my habits. I discussed habits. Was it last week I discussed habits? I think it was last week when I discussed habits and how immovable they are. And given that episode, I've just been trying to, with varying success, I've been trying to shake up my habits and do things differently. And I'm like, well, if you don't like recording it late at night because the episode ends up being shit, then record it earlier. So here I am. At 20 past six, the eve of the release of this, and it feels nice. Almost as nice as this. Please let me know via Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram whether I'm boring you yet, but I'm going to say it one more time. That is fucking incredible. That is so nice. So, so nice. If you enjoy Porters, you will enjoy that one. So... Let's revisit my opening question about the history teacher that looks like your dad that is having sex with beautiful women. Now, the guy's called Jim Slip. <laughs> I want to I want to say that before I forget, so that you can have reference as I'm talking about this guy, because I know for a fact you've all just powered up Google, and I'm now secondary. I'm now just background noise because all you're interested in is like now googling this guy called Jim Slip, and rightly so. I mean, was my description of him accurate? History teacher, graying, receding, unremarkable looking. He's wearing a tank top in most of these thumbnails, and depending on what you characterize as attractive, he seems to be in a state of in a state of He's hanging out of just really attractive women. And and I don't know if uh, he's just the way it is. And it's just odd. And when I I became aware of this guy, I was just scratching my head forever thinking, hang on a minute, how does that happen? I'm so confused. Because, you know, we've discussed attractiveness before and what women look for in a man. I don't think I've ever heard a woman that looks like these describe Jim Slip. (laughs) when asked what they look for off <laughs> oh, oh what Jess what you look for in a man a history teacher in a tank top drawing his pension i've never heard that you so i started thinking I, i'm i'm so confused what is going on here how why and i reckon i was thinking about it for maybe 2 or 3 minutes and the answer was just staring him in the face and it's again i think this might be the profound week am i ever going to call this the evolution of CK or the week of profan- profanity profanity, and profound are different things. Profound week. But you know what? After thinking about it for two minutes, how how is this happening? The answer was because he decided that's what he wants to do. It, I genuinely think it's as simple as that. Now, look, let me just give a disclaimer. Now, I'm not saying that porn is ideal, nor am I saying that porn is immoral. I don't give a shit. I just want to explore this particular situation, right? Now, if we accept that most men, because we are simple beings, if we accept that most men, given the option, would quite like to be in a state of sexual attachment to a woman, right? If we just accept that, with the exception, I mean, there's only really, there's only really two types of men who aren't interested in having sex with hot women. And those, in my experience... By the way, I don't want to speak. Hang on. Sorry, you can't have a you can't have a beer without crisps, right? So, in my experience, there's only two types of men that don't want to have sexual relations with beautiful women, and there's type one, gay men. There's type two, dead men, and that's it. So, I will give you a bonus third, men in a relationship, all right? I'll give you that one. But as you and I both know, that's, you know, that's questionable. We are bastards. (laughs) I say we, not me. I've never cheated. Some of you scumbags do, though. So, yeah, if we concede that most men would look at Jim Slip's existence as highly desirable... Right, I can imagine many of those men looking at his existence and thinking, oh my fucking God, how have you done this? How have you done this? And I genuinely think the answer is simpler than we'd like to believe, and it really is, I just decided. Just woke up one day, yawned, burped, scratched my ass, had a fart and thought, do you know what? I'm just going to become a porn guy. Now, if you want to do some research into this guy, like I inevitably have, you'll learn that he's actually set up this business with his wife and she's the one that's video, she's the- because this is what makes it less, well, it, it, I don't know, maybe this makes it less seedy, maybe it makes it even more abhorrent, but his wife is his cameraman, right? So his wife is filming him having sex with these women and that's just the nature of the partnership. I suspect it's a very lucrative business. They've got numerous websites. I think that he's been around forever. And I just think he just woke up one day. I I just think there's something in the decision to act. I I really do. And... Christ, crisps in my teeth. This wasn't a great idea. Mm. I just think there's something in the decision to act. And I am often guilty of overlooking that. Until this week, when I thought, I don't want my personal website, ckgolding.com, I don't want it to be just a static website that you... You know, I only launched it in its current incarnation, maybe three months ago. And I've constantly been updating it with news and stuff, but it doesn't have to be just that. It can be anything I want. There's no reason that my website can't become a destination for just great features, great conversations, just great chat with interesting, fascinating people. And I just realised this week, there's no reason that it can't be that then. There's no reason CK Golden can't become a place where you can just have great entertainment, great conversation, and it can be anything you want it to be. And I don't know how granular or how boring this is to you, but to me it was quite an eye-opener and I thought, well, just do that then. And... That's exactly what it's going to be and I'm super proud because I've got some great guests coming up this week but actually and interestingly well not this week this month I suppose but interestingly it it hasn't been that complicated and I just think as humans we sometimes overcomplicate things I don't I'm not saying that ckgolden.com is going to be the fucking most visited website in the UK at all, but if I decide I want it to be a huge thing, then I'm I'm certainly heightening my chances of it being that, right? And interestingly, the minute I had that realization, you know how I sometimes talk to you about that little voice in my head. I had that little voice made going, um, "Excuse me, dickhead, do you remember? Um, do you remember episode one and episode seventeen of your podcast?" yeah what about them well i'm just I'm just looking at them now, and they both seem to be making reference to your aversion to the concept of fame you, know, you know, what what's your point what's my point yeah what do you have one <laughs> I have a point Bellend. I have a massive point. If you suddenly want your website to be a destination for fascinating conversations, and I quote, intriguing and curious minds. I don't think you said that, but I added it on because it's kind of bullshit you'd have said. I wonder if that's potentially going to put a spotlight on you. Yeah, it probably is. Do you not think that's contradictory? Yeah, kind of is. (laughs) Carry on with your shit, Chris, and beer then, mate. You just carry on. So I did have that conversation. And it's true. But luckily, I have a new feature on my podcast now called CK's Crummy Book, where I share with you some writings that I've been documenting in my book, just life wisdoms, kernels of knowledge that I believe to be true and deeply profound, and certainly as far as my contradiction, is concerned regarding the concept of fame, that is exactly what we're going to talk about in this week's CK's Crummy Book. CK's Crummy Book. It's like a journal, but shitter. So my entry into CK's Crummy Book this week, coincidentally, given the fact I dedicated the opening 10 minutes of this to a free case of beer that I wouldn't have had. Was it not for Bill Burr's podcast? My insert this week comes from the man himself, Bill Burr, and he was recently interviewed. Incidentally, Bill Burr's a US comedian. he, He has his own animated show and he's been around forever. And he was interviewed last week by our very own Russell Brand. And he said something that really just stuck in my throat and I was like, holy fuck. And this is what he said. And this went straight into CK's crummy book, which, remember, is my book of wisdom that I like to just refer to every now and again to centre me, to ground me, or to ultimately inspire me. So Bill said this during his interview with Russell Brand. This is a direct quote. Whatever that defect in the human brain is, sometimes you push away that thing you really want. And I've actually... I'm going to play the exact moment he said it just so you can have the verbatim version rather than me butchering it. Here's Bill on the Russell Brand
1: Podcast. Because there's a lot of stuff that I say in my past specials that I, I go back in it and I just look at that and I just go, you didn't believe that. This is like, like some, some of the shit that I said about women. That was me. I was the complete opposite. I was a romantic. I wanted to be married. I wanted a family. Mm. And... I just threw like um just stuff that happened to me, failures and all of that. It's that weird thing where you you're pushing away what you actually want for. And that was like oh God. I, I I'm real I, I I have
0: been aware of Bill for years, but I would say it's only in the last six months that I've just become deeply fascinated with him. So I've kind of seen a pivot. I've seen a real pivot in his outlook. He's become very mindful of his own Defects and his own shortcomings, and he's just aware of the value of being positive and looking and hoping for the best in yourself and other humans. And I just really like the evolution, and he's just he's 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 ultimately just touched on it in that little excerpt from the interview. And he used to be on stage spewing out misogynistic gags and he's now looking back on it thinking the only reason you're spewing that out is because it's what you wanted and that makes a lot of sense to me certainly when he says we you know, we run from what we want and I've spent I, I've s- spoken at length during the last 33 weeks of this podcast about my concerns with fame and walking down the street and being pestered doesn't appeal to me and then when Bill said that, I, said, I thought to myself, well, I wonder if, I wonder if you do, but you're just suppressing it. And that's why I'm saying it. And it was a really sobering thought as I reflected on it. And certainly as I shared with you a moment ago, deciding that I want to start having great conversations with interesting people on my website. That's just who I am as a human. I'm naturally curious. I am fascinated by how other artists develop their art, their process. And I always have been. And I want to have more of that on my website. And if, Byproduct of that is more eyeballs on on me. Then so be it. That'd be nice. And it was just I don't know. It was it was a sobering stroke, awakening thought when I realised that maybe I've been maybe I've been pushing it away all this time. I don't even necessarily know why I'm talking about this on a podcast. But as one of my best mates said to me recently, and I 100% agree. CK, you know your podcast. You're revealing more about yourself on that than anywhere else. And I was like, yeah, fucking horrible, isn't it? Um, but it's good for you. <clears throat> it's, it's madly good for me, actually. It's, it's quite, it's quite therapeutic. So, yeah, that was this week's entry into CK's crummy book. I'm gonna, I'm gonna repeat it just for clarity. Whatever that defect in the human brain is. Sometimes you push away that thing you really want. And to be fair, I don't necessarily know that I do want to be interrupted in the street, but I would argue that I would not say no to developing developing myself, developing my audience, having more people hang out with us on this podcast, having more people see my films, my documentaries, etc., etc. And I'm being deeply, I'm being very honest here and saying that, and it just is what it is. I... I'm excited. I'm excited to develop the website into more than just another filmmaker, presenter, podcaster's website, just to be a cool destination with cool conversations, which begs the question, who am I going to be talking to? What a wonderful question. Here's the thing, right? Today, as I've already conceded, it's Thursday. Well, I've not conceded it's Thursday. That's like it's up for debate. It's fucking Thursday. You don't concede it's Thursday. I've conceded it's Thursday. Oh, wow. Um, I should just start inventing days. It's not Thursdays. It's actually v- v- Vaj Day. Vaj Day? I meant to say Vaj Day, then I said Vaj Day. Maybe it's <laughs> Vaj Day. Is there an international Vaj Day? For my non British listeners, Vaj is a less than savoury term for vagina. So for some reason, I've just invented a day called international vag day. I'm going to Google that. Hang on. Hang on. We enjoy our little Googles. Let's International national vag day. February 14. Oh no. All right. Well, I wasn't expecting that. That scared the shit out of me. First thing I saw, February 14, V day. That's not what I had in mind, and I certainly don't think that's what oh, that is. So V Day, February Fourteenth, is a global activist movement to end violence against women and girls, started by author and playwright and activist Eve Ensler. I've the second the second search result. 13 facts about vi- vaginas to celebrate international. Should we have a look at this? I don't know if anybody wants to see 13 facts about vaginas to celebrate international women's day appropriately accompanied by an image of a sliced peach. <laughs> Every woman has one, but how much do we really know about lady bits? Oh, fucking hell, I can tell this is going to annoy me. Um, No, I'm not even going to waste my time on this. If you want to read that, then knock yourself out. Okay, so why was I talking about Vag Day again? Oh, yes, because apparently I conceded that today was Thursday. Anyway, so today is Thursday, (laughs) the 3rd of September. And tomorrow, I am delighted to announce I have got the world's first interview. I actually didn't realise that I was the first interview he'd given until he told me and I was deeply grateful and he told me why I was the first person he's given the interview to and I was stunned. I'm having the first interview in the world with a guy called Paul Trinier, affectionately known on the internet as Paulie Toon. You're still probably scratching and thinking, oh the fucking hell, is Paulie Toon. So I don't know if you're aware of Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan has arguably one of the biggest websites on um, one of the biggest podcasts on earth. He's just signed a licensing deal with podcast with Spotify for a reported 100 million pounds for them to have exclusive rights to distribute his podcast over the years, it's been on YouTube. He racks up millions of views within hours of each new episode going up, and he's just signed a deal with Spotify, as I said, for a reported £100 million. And his podcast had been going since 2009, and in 2014, a animator who loved the podcast just decided to just start making animations based on his podcast, scenes from his podcast, and he just started uploading them for the hell of it and... Joe Rogan himself discovered it, loved it, started retweeting it. And then a couple of years later, Joe reached out to Paul and they actually formalized their agreement to the point where Paul now is the official animator, designing, animating, and producing animations based on clips from the Joe Rogan podcast. And the animations themselves, accumulate millions of views and I I'm quite new to the Joe Rogan podcast so I'm even I'm very late to the party even later to the poorly tuned animation party but I love them immediately they're just so funny and I, they, I, they make me very happy so I just found him on Twitter and I just said would you be open to a chat because there's so many questions I had and I didn't hear back from him for a couple of days and he just reached out to me said yes he can I'd happily do a chat so as I was researching Paul, I wanted to research him to find out what I could find out about him so that I could actually base my questions on my research. Imagine my shock when all I saw when I typed his name into Google was tumbleweeds. Not a single interview, not a single entry, not a single bio. This guy was basically invisible. So I later found when we spoke on the phone that like I, he's he's declined all other interviews. And, they, and this is what really blew my mind. He said, the only reason I decided to have, uh, in the past, CK, I've kind of suffered from... I didn't really think I, was, I merited an interview because, you know, I'm nowhere near where I want to be as an animator. I didn't really think uh, I, as I just said, merited an interview. Then you came out out of the blue. You tweeted me, sent me a direct message. As I read it, I was just heading out for a... I think he said he was going camping with his family. And he had no intention of doing my interview. He had no intention whatsoever. I was just going to be the latest in a long list of no's because people have asked him for interviews before. And he said he was lying under the stars. This is the most beautiful story. He was lying under the stars with his family. And he just looked up and he said, well, I-. he'd done a little bit of research on me. I think he'd watched 61 Hugs and a few of my other things. He said, like, why am I going to say no to this guy? Like, I can't think of any conceivable reason. I-, I-, I like his stuff. I think we'll have great chat. So I just emailed you, CK. And I said, yeah, let's do the interview then. So I was like, holy fuck. Turns out my little short film that cost me £2.79 to make precedes me. <laughs> This 61 hugs is the film that just keeps on giving, isn't it? And that was a really humbling moment. And he didn't have to tell me that, but I really I was really grateful that he did. And you can imagine my surprise. And this comes back to this comes back to the porn guy, doesn't it? You know, this is coming full circle to the porn guy, the history teacher, the 52-year-old, soon to be retired granddad having sex with beautiful women. He just woke up one day, decided that's what he wanted to do. And it's similar, I suppose. There's a tenuous link in there. I just decided that I wanted my website to be a place of interesting conversations. I reached out to this guy because I thought, well, you know, he might say yes, he might say no, but you'll not find out until you ask him. And he was like, no. And then it became yes. (laughs) So I guess what I'm saying is that I think you and me should be more mindful of not overcomplicating things and maybe just distilling everything down to its most basic building block. I want to have a website with cool conversations. So just ask people the question, then it's up to them whether they say yes or fuck off. Honestly, though, to have this guy's, to have, to be the first interview for this guy is very flattering, very humbling, very exciting. And I'm, and I'm so happy and, and I loved it. I love I love the, I love the Q&A and I don't know what time you're going to listen to this. I know some of you are like, some of you are very zealous and get onto this podcast the minute it drops on a Friday morning. So by the time you're listening to this, jump over to ckgolding.com and the interview should be there. And huge, huge thanks to Paul for accepting my invitation. He lives in Montreal, Canada, by the way. And he's worked with studios, including Disney and Nickelodeon, et cetera. And yeah, thanks, mate. So also, who will I be interviewing? And this is another thing. This is why I've called this the, this has been a profound week for me because before, no, not before, it was after. I also reached out to someone else to get them on, to to invite them on for a chat and... If you follow me on Twitter, you might be aware this week I've been I've been fanboying over a new podcast drama series that I stumbled across called Fake Heiress. It blew my mind, and it was a complete fluke that I even discovered this thing. I was just on a... Ooh, hang on. Hang on. Just hold that thought, actually. Before I tell you about Fake Heiress... I want to tell you, I want to just take a step back, right? I want to just take just a little step back, little step back. The other decision I made this week that turned out to be fruitful, I decided that I wanted to get my podcast out there to more people and hopefully get a few interviews and features or placements in the podcast landscape. So I just sent a load of press releases out about my feature called Random Human where I just ring random humans and ask them questions. And I was like, I don't know. I like this feature. Some of you guys like this feature, but will anyone else give a shit? But that was just the artistic self-doubt that any artist listening to this will appreciate. And in fact, you don't even have to be an artist. I think all humans have some degree of self-doubt. I was like, does anybody care about this fucking thing? But again, I thought, stop thinking that. It's a great story. It's fun. It's, it's lighthearted. It's interesting, Slightly. Someone might be interested, just send it out. And I was stunned that a couple of guys came back and said, hey, we love it, we've put it on our website, have a read here. Not only was it on our website, it was the lead news story on Pod News. The latest
1: from our newsletter at podnews.net. Hello? Are you afraid of having to make a phone call? It's something called Telephobia,
0: and a podcaster in the UK has explored it by ringing people at random. The Worry About It Later podcast is hosted by CK Golding, and we link to it today. American public media and Revolver podcasts have announced they're to make Spanish-language podcasts. That was a mad moment, honestly. I, I assumed it was going to be exclusively website features written but to have that guy who apparently has a daily bulletin just like that to him for him to lead with my story was a very beautiful moment and again you know I think I'm going to call this episode I'll oh, what should I call this episode I might call this episode porn and beer beer and porn beer and porn free beer and porn because I keep loop, looping back to this gym slip guy but again I think there's a lot to be learned you know there can be learnings from the most deep, dark, amoral recesses of life. <laughs> and if he decided he wants to be a porn guy, a porn baron, then so be it. You know, I decided that wanted wanted to get my podcast out there, and I did it. And I tried not to second guess myself, and this came back. So let's just collectively agree that there's a lot to be said from just the decision. Just the decision. So many artists I know, including myself, by the way, I wonder how many limitations we place on ourselves just by not making the decision, just by not making the decision. And again, I keep, I keep speaking through the lens of art, but I just think you don't have to be an artist, just being a human, just being a human. I wonder how many of us place these self-imposed shackles on ourselves just by not making the decision. I'm the most guilty person on the planet, but I'm trying to be more mindful of that. I'm trying to get out of that cesspool of overthinking, I suppose. So thank you sincerely to Pod News for leading with that this week. And it was whilst I was in the rabbit hole of figuring out which podcast platforms to reach out to that I discovered Fake Air which is a BBC production. And I'm going to play you let me play you the opening prelude to fake heiress so you so just so you get an idea of what it is all about. I hope this is gonna work because I tried to cue this up before I started. So this is what fake heiress is all about, and I'll talk a little bit more at the end so at the other side of this.
1: Anna Delvey lived a life of trust fund luxury in New York City, but her fortune was built on a lie one which ended up costing friends, hotels, lawyers, and bankers hundreds of thousands of dollars.
0: Narcissistic, sociopathic, Machiavellian.
1: Well, she's a con
0: artist,
1: you know? We don't know who she is.
0: Baker till you make it on an industrial scale. You can't avoid that.
1: My name's Vicky Baker, and I'm a journalist for BBC World News. In this six-part podcast, Fake Heiress, I'm working with playwright and screenwriter Chloe Moss to dig deeper into this New York scandal, Together, we'll mix drama with documentary to tell the story of Anna Delvey's rise and fall. You'll hear scenes based on court reports, press coverage, and interviews with those who knew her. You'll also hear from some of those people directly. Some scenes will be fictionalized because, well, what's Anna Delvey's story without a bit of make believe? Did Anna really?
0: What? Listen. I could spend the next ten minutes gushing over this series, but I don't think that's necessary because, well, it's not necessary for two reasons. One, it would bore the shit out of you, and two, I would bore the shit out of myself. Just go onto my Twitter feed at CK Golding, and I, as I was, as I was listening to each episode, it's as just, as Vicky says, it's a six-part series, or is it eight? Yes, it's a six-part series, each installment just over 30 minutes, so it's super snackable. As I was listening to each episode, I was tweeting my review, and my reviews never dropped below... I think it was 8 out of 10 was the lowest episode. 9.6 was the highest, but overall I give the entire series 9.6. It was just remarkable. I was gripped from start to finish, and I like to think I'm not easily impressed, to be honest. Granted... This was, my first, this was my first experience of an audio drama stroke documentary because, as Vicky says in the intro there, they have blended factual information with dramatisation, which was written by UK playwright Chloe Moss and award-winning Chloe Moss, I've been led to believe. But I wasn't really... The minute I heard there was going to be fictionalised drama, I was like, ugh, I, I, I like things to be close to the truth as possible but out uh, again just as with the stout today just now i was stunned how much i enjoyed the drama the, the fictionalized scenes and you know they got a bunch they got a bunch of actors to play out the role of anna who again for context anna was a girl that grew up in germany of Russian descent, very unremarkable, very ordinary, somewhat like Jim Slip, actually. Very ordinary, very unremarkable, had very little in the world of luxuries. Her, her mum and dad were very unassuming, but Anna had bigger ideas, and she basically just reinvented herself, fabricated this unbelievable story that she was from wealth. She was the heiress to a fortune of 60-plus million, went to New York and just conned everybody. But I get the impression that she didn't do it maliciously. She just wanted a different life for herself and she just got in over her head. But the thing is I was listening to this every single episode thinking this is just admirable. Like what she's doing is morally questionable and I couldn't imagine doing it in a million years, but her focus, her decision that she wanted a different life and she just went, she didn't hold back. It was remarkable. And I don't think she wanted to hurt anybody along the way. Naturally, there's always going to be collateral, so she did. But I don't think that she was malicious. I just think she wanted a better life. It, I, I don't know. That was my take on it. And I was genuinely stunned by the series, how much I loved it. The soundtrack is incredible. Truly incredible. And I've been looking at tweets from other people that have watched the series and or listened to the series, and they've all been saying the same thing. The soundtrack was remarkable. It was gripping. It was nail-biting. I genuinely felt my heart racing at points, because some of the things that she was doing was absolute madness. But I respected her disinterest in second-guessing and overthinking. And as someone that overthinks everything, to see this 22-year-old trying to wangle loans of 20 million by forging applications and forging applications that actually she was successful at forging. The bank didn't see it and they were giving, they were throwing money at her. She was staying in, she was living in hotels for weeks on end without even giving them a credit card. Like I don't know how she did it. It was stunning the story and it all came to an end in 2019. But I'm not going to tell you what happened in 2019 because I just want you to go and listen to the series. It's remarkable. It's called Fake Heiress. It's on all podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple, etc. And it just blew me away. So much so, in fact, that I reached out to Vicky Baker, who is the journalist and narrator of the entire series. And I just said, look, Vicky, to be honest, well, again, Abby, my mate who does all my press outreach, she reached out and just said, like, CK loved it. Like, would you be open to do an interview? And Vicky's like, yeah, all right then. So I will be having Vicky on my website. In the near future, I'm chatting with her next week, Thursday, so maybe that interview will be up in a couple of weeks' time. But I can't stress enough how remarkable I found that. It was, I don't know, I I don't know if all audio dramas are that good, though. I don't know if I've just been, I don't know if I've just now got a, false sense of the quality because some people have said that the dramatization of some of the scenes that were drama dramatized and acted out some people the very very minority of people have said i didn't really care for that it was a bit corny but the overwhelming majority have said they loved it it was a great blend of truth and fiction and i wholeheartedly agree i loved the fictional scenes genuinely loved it it just brought such depth to it. So, I I, that, I I don't think I ever ask you to do anything for me, but I'd I'd, I'd be fascinated to so my my non-UK listeners, you, I'm sure you'll be able to get this on Spotify as well. So, it's called Fake Airs. Check it out. Send me direct message on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Let me know if my let me know if I'm going a little over the top and how much I loved it or whether my enjoyment of it is justified. Whether my praise of it is justified. I definitely give it 9.6 out of 10. I definitely give it five stars. And annoyingly, I've had genuine withdrawal symptoms this week. (laughs) I tweeted that as well. I tweeted the fact that people often use the term withdrawal symptoms. They they throw that term around far too liberally for my liking, but genuinely, I listened to the last episode on Sunday, and ever since I've been thinking about it. Like Monday and Tuesday were torture for me because I was just I was like I was like a I was like a I don't know what it's like to be a heroin addict, and I don't I don't want to downplay, but I I just like where's where's, where's fake heiress? I need fake heiress. I need I need a fix. I need a fix. That was me Monday and Tuesday. I've kind of chilled out a little bit now. As all good crack addicts do so i've run out of, I've run out of stout, excuse me we've learnt a lot this week we've learnt I shouldn't judge stout we've learned that i <sighs> what else have I learnt I shouldn't be judging this week? There was two things I can't remember there was the stout thing, there was the drama thing. And there was another thing, which I can't remember. It might have been the podcasting thing. I don't know. But yeah, my interview with Vicky Baker will be arriving on ckgolding.com in the not too distant future. So that pretty much rounds off this week's episode. Thank you sincerely for hanging out with me. I want to conclude simply by saying the Metro newspaper, one of the UK's, if not the UK's biggest newspaper, offered me an opportunity to write a piece for them last week. I had to decline because it would have been an inaccurate news story so I had to explain to them why it would have been an accurate news story through no fault of their own they weren't aware it would have been inaccurate go back to episode 32 last week when I explained this in complete detail but I declined I gave them an alternative article that I would love to write and with regret they told me to fuck off in so many words they said oh thank you for that alternative suggestion but it's not quite right for us and in my defense I predicted they would say that in last week's episode so nobody's lost out nobody's lost out at all now I'm fortunate enough to be able to now drown my sorrows in this stout and also these crisps by the way can I just say Seabrooks salt and vinegar crisps Not salt and vinegar. Salted. I've just discovered them. Jesus. Mm. Homework for next week. Homework for next week. Let me know via a direct message on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. How you feel about whether as humans we overcomplicate things. If we want something quite remarkable is the only thing stopping us from attaining said remarkable objective? Is it only ever ourselves? Is it only ever just as simple as making the decision? Is that the hardest thing we'll ever do? Is it the decision? Is making that decision the hardest thing, or are they harder things along the way? If I decided that I want SeekerGolding.com, de- if I decided I want SeekerGolding.com to be a destination for great conversations, interesting dialogue with interesting people is the only thing that's going to stop me from making said website a success. The fact that I never made a decision and went ahead or will it be convincing interesting people to talk to me? Which one do you think is going to be the biggest influencer over whether or not CKGolden.com does well? The decision to do it or convincing people. That's your only homework for this week. The decision or the request. Because, as we've seen with the Metro, sometimes people do tell me to fuck
1: off.